Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. because we're going to start a message series that we call, that I call the gospel of the kingdom. The gospel of the kingdom. I want you to really pay attention to this message. It might challenge you a little bit. It might, you know, uh, rattle you a bit. It might take you a little bit time to really understand. But I want you to please walk with me as we go through this journey throughout the year, really. We're going to go back and forth to really study what the kingdom of God really means. What is our place? What is our role? What does the Bible mean when it talks about the kingdom of God? Let us pray. Father, thank you. You are a wonderful God. You are amazing. And we thank you for that. Thank you for the privilege to be alive today, to be in the land of the living. Thank you for the privilege to come before you on this, first, on this first Sunday of 2018. Lord, please speak to us. Our hearts are open. Plant your words in our hearts and let them bear fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. I'd like us to go to John chapter 18. If the Presentation, people can present it. That would be good. John chapter 18, and look at the conversation that was going on between Pilate uh, and Jesus. So Pilate was um, supposed to give a determination as far as um, the faith of Jesus Christ. The Jewish really brought Jesus before Pilate uh, to give a determination because they didn't really have the power to condemn someone to death since they were under the Roman government uh, being colonized. So they brought Jesus before Pilate. And Pilate was kind of a little bit also confused about everything they were talking about because it appeared that a lot of the accusations were, uh, it wasn't criminal, it was really about their law, about their custom. Now, he was the governor. He was in charge. He wasn't a Jewish person. He was sent there by the Roman emperor to, you know, to govern that area. So he was a little bit kind of confused. Uh, you know, he didn't really see the reason for that for Jesus Christ. Uh, but the people demanded it, and he needed peace. Uh, you know, otherwise there'll be uproar. You know, so he was really in between that. So he. Uh, so he summoned Jesus privately to talk to him, you know. So let me talk to him privately. So he said, left them outside and, you know, brought him inside. And had a conversation with Jesus. Uh, it appears Jesus was being difficult here. Uh, we know that Jesus obviously was led perfectly by the Spirit of God. Uh, so he was doing what the Father tells him to do. I just love, I thought there were very powerful truths that came out of that conversation. 
uh, and that's why I have them read it, uh, and we're going to really, you know, just start from there, uh, the message of the kingdom. Now, Pilate went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked, are you the king of the Jews? You know, he probably has, he has had something about the Jews, the king. No, don't forget also, he knew the Jews were expecting a king. He probably, he probably knew that. Uh, so he was really trying to say, are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, is that your own idea? <laughs> or did others talk to you about me? And the guy said, am I a Jew? What are you talking about? You can see that conversation. Am I a Jew? Your own people and chief priests handed you over to me. What is it that you have done? What did you really do? Can you tell me? And Jesus said, out of nowhere, a very, very powerful truth. My kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servant will fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. But now my kingdom is from another place. All right? If you're reading, this is the, I believe this is the uh, NIV. If you're reading, I know it said, it's not from this world. It's from heaven. It's from another place. Then uh, Pilate said, you are a king then. <laughs> you know? And Jesus answered, you say that I'm a king. In fact, the reason I was born and came to this world is to testify the truth. Jesus said, yes. That is actually the reason I was born. I thought that is very powerful. Jesus said, I was born to be a king. And that is why when you really look at the message of Jesus, it was about the kingdom. The word translated kingdom there is the word basilia, which simply means royal power, kingship, dominion, rule, territory that is subject to a king. We're going to maybe today, maybe next week, we're going to get more into what a kingdom is. But I will take you back to really look at the message of Jesus to really see this word kingdom is very, very common, maybe much more common than you think. So I'll take a few scriptures. Luke chapter 4, verse 42 through 44. Uh, let's read. At daybreak, Jesus went out of a solitary place. The people were looking for him. And they went, and when they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said, I must proclaim the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that is why I was sent. Right? I was sent to do what? To proclaim what? The good news of the kingdom. Not just the good news. The good news is specific. The good news about a kingdom. A kingdom is a dominion. Is a rule or a territory that is subject to a king. 
So the good news is is bringing or he brought is about the kingdom of God. God's plan to set a kingdom. Let's go to Mark chapter 1 verse 14. Now, after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. I want you to notice that. Probably, maybe you haven't really noticed that at all. It's common to say the gospel, the gospel, the gospel. But it's a little more specific, right? The gospel of the kingdom of God. Let's go to Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Matthew chapter 9, verse 35. Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. It's about the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, he tells us, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added. Apostle Paul, yes, was writing to the Colossians church in Colossians chapter 1, verse 12 to 13. He said, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. We live in the light. Verse 13 describes our salvation. For he has rescued us from the kingdom, I want you to notice that word, of darkness, and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son. So our salvation is actually a migration, a transfer from one kingdom to another kingdom. The former kingdom is described here as the kingdom of darkness. If you look, at, look read the scripture, sometimes it's called the kingdom of this world. Sometimes it's called the kingdom of the devil. Now, it is being transferred from that kingdom to a new kingdom, which is described here, the kingdom of his, their son, the kingdom of light, or is called the kingdom of God. Sometimes it's referred to, depending on the versions, the kingdom of heaven. Now, some of you, you read the scripture uh, where you see kingdom of God, some versions will put kingdom of heaven. They are really the same. But the original meaning is actually the kingdom of God. All right? Uh, Many of the translators will translate kingdom of God to kingdom of heaven because the Jewish have this idea of not calling the name of God in vain. So that's their own version of Gosh. Right? I don't know if people got me. All right. So instead of saying God, they will just say ever. So a lot of time, uh, they actually mean the same thing. Now, Jesus said, this is why I was born to become a king, and to set up a kingdom. And he said, that kingdom is not of this world. It is not physical. As, you know, Pilate was thinking. If it was physical, trust me, my guys will have resisted. You see, we will have fought. 
They will not be able to arrest me. I will not be in front of you. It is because the kingdom I'm here to, that I'm here to set up is not of this world. That is why I'm in front of you. Now, if you read the Bible very well, and this is very important, there are two gospels, or I will call it emphasis when it comes to the gospel preaching. There are two emphases. So when I use two kinds of gospels, I don't necessarily mean two kinds. I mean two emphases. All right? There is the most commonly talked about, the gospel of salvation. See, the gospel of salvation deals only with salvation of an individual soul. This thing is really, maybe I should use, this is causing, it's disturbing me. And I think it's disturbing many people too. All right? If we can't fix it, can I use the mic? All right, bring me the mic. Let me... Hallelujah. Okay. Praise Jesus. So, there is the gospel of salvation, which is what we all know. Most of us, we are familiar with the gospel of salvation. Because the gospel of salvation simply says, an individual is saved. It is the individualistic part of the gospel. I am saved from sin, right? Redeemed. And I am going to heaven. That is, in some way, the selfish aspect of the gospel. The one that is individual. The personalized version. But God's plan is beyond individual. It's bigger. An individual is a subset. All right? The gospel of the kingdom, however, deals with all things that the cross affected. It is the restoration of everything that was damaged by sin in the book of Genesis. What was damaged was more beyond an individual person. And we're going to talk about that. This is really important and I really want you to please pay attention and get this. So the gospel of salvation is self-focused, is individualistic focused, is heavenly focused, all right? And that is kind of the gospel that, is, that we emphasize most, all right? But what Jesus preached most is really the gospel of the kingdom. It's the good news that God has come to set up a kingdom here on earth, all right? And in that kingdom, Jesus is the king. And that kingdom has citizens, which we are. When an individual gets saved, he becomes a citizen of that kingdom. And every kingdom has a king. Jesus is the king. Every kingdom has a constitution. That kingdom has a constitution. Every kingdom has a culture. The kingdom of God has a culture. Every kingdom has a way of oppression. Every kingdom has a currency. 
the kingdom of God as a currency. Every kingdom has a code of conduct. The kingdom of God has a code of conduct. And when an individual gets saved, we should not just see it as an individualistic thing. It is bigger than that. And that will affect how we live, how we think, how we act, and how we see ourselves. Praise the name of Jesus. So redemption is not just about an individual being saved. It is about God restoring the order of things. All right? It is bigger than us. In fact, I would like to take us to John chapter 3. The famous John chapter 3 when Jesus talks about um, being born again, right? Most of us are, are, are familiar with that. I would like to take you back to that scripture. Nicodemus came to Jesus at night, you know, started to you know, talk to Jesus, engage Jesus in conversation. Jesus said, very truly, this is verse 3, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. See, our emphasis there is in being born again. That's what we talk about. We just talk about born again, born again, born again. But Jesus seems to say, look, the main goal is to see the kingdom. But he actually qualified better. Uh, Nicodemus asked him and said, how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Nicodemus asked. Jesus answered, now surely they can, I mean, you're going to continue to, to ask. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter where the kingdom of God. He's not really talking about heaven. I want you to understand that. Most things that, most of us read that when say no one can go to heaven. You don't go to heaven literally when you're born. Heaven, in fact, is a continuation of the kingdom of God. Praise the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you, heaven is a culmination. All right? The kingdom of God starts here. In fact, Jesus told them, the kingdom of God is here now. It's within you. The kingdom of God has begun. So Jesus came to lay the foundation, establish a kingdom, and that kingdom continues. So rapture is a continuation. Heaven is a continuation. Heaven is a place. We're going to live like this. Many people think heaven is just a place where we're going to be singing 24-7. No, 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 no. No, it's not. Worship is part of it, right? It's actually a place where we live forever. Hallelujah. It is the culmination of everything we are trying to assess now by faith, right? We're trying to assess healing, blessing, peace, joy, happiness, praying. You see, everything we are praying now, everything we are praying for now, doing 21-day fast, is a combination of that. Now we can enjoy them a little bit in part based on our faith, right? We can enjoy that. When we go to heaven, we enjoy everything 100%. And we will not need to pray for it. Praise the name of Jesus. That will become our natural state. That's just what heaven is. Hallelujah. So Jesus came to really introduce this concept. So we're going to talk about this. You know, this is our year of kingdom, power, and authority. We must understand what kingdom is. 
Hallelujah. Now, we're going to go back to the book of Genesis to now look at what was supposed to be the order of things. Because the gospel of the kingdom is actually to restore the order of things. You see, God was trying to correct things, things that were messed up. When the devil came and deceived man, you know, you know things were messed up. Things became disorganized. Things became messed up, upside down, and the devil, you know, for a while appeared to scuttle God's plan. And God said, you know what, I'm going to restore it. And I'm going to do it in a way that will shock you. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, if you look at the Genesis chapter 1, God started to create in, in, you know, at the beginning. God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form. The earth was without void. And it was void. You know, the spirit of the Lord was overing. And God said, let there be light. God created light first day. Then he started to create, you know, created the land, the sea, created animals, sea animals, created everything. And on the, on the, sixth, day, on the sixth day, at the end of the sixth day, that is uh, uh, verse 26, God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. You know, so who was God speaking to? God was speaking to the Trinity here. Now, another thing that I, will, I want you to understand here is when God created everything, he, he spoke. Now, when he was going to create the birds of the air, he spoke to the air, spoke to the firmament. And that's why birds, they are their best when they're in the air. When God was going to create the sea animals, he spoke to the sea. I wanted to read it very well. He spoke to the sea. So when he was going to create all the animals, he spoke to the ground. When he was going to create vegetables, plants, he spoke to the ground. Now, that is why everything created can only be their best, right? based on their source. Hallelujah. That's why we said a fish out of water, right? Lives his natural habitat. Now, when God wanted to create man, who did he speak to? He spoke to himself. And that's why we are at our best when we are connected to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you are not connected to God, it doesn't matter what you're achieving you are not at your best. You are like a fish out of water. Hallelujah. So God spoke to the Trinity. You know, there were three. I mean, if you read Hebrews, you know, actually John chapter 1, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, right? And the Word was God, right? And that Word we learn is Jesus, right? So he was there at the beginning. The Spirit of God was there. So the Trinity, so God... The Trinity participated in the, in, the, in the creation. So God said, let us make man. Let us have a representative. None of us will live on earth. <laughs> right? So let us create somebody called man in our image, according to our likeness. Now, let them have 
dominion. You see? So God created, man, man is very central to God's plan. Man is very, you know, so that was, man was always central. You see, God was creating some legal system here. He wasn't going to rule the earth because he doesn't live on the earth legally. God lives in the earth. That's his place. Now, he created the earth. He needed an ambassador there. He needed a representative there. That person must represent him. That person must come from him. Hallelujah. And that person is man. And that's why man is very central to God's plan. God constrained himself to us. He said, I need you. So you are going to be in charge. And he, he, he went on in verse 28. All right? And for let's read verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Subdue it. All right? Have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on earth. Have dominion. Rule. Be in charge. Tame them. Do whatever you want to do with them. I'm giving you the authority to do so. Praise the name of Jesus. So that's how man was created. Now, Genesis chapter 2, explain it a little bit better. Now, Genesis chapter 1 just tells us this is what God did. Now, Genesis chapter 2, explain a little bit of detail how God did it. You know, if you go to verse 7, and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So this is how he created it. So he said, now this man must have a body that also belongs to the earth. Otherwise, it will be illegal for him to operate on the earth. Somebody is messing up with something. I think, can we leave it the way it is? Hallelujah. It seems good to me. So, so that's why now the Lord formed man out of the dust of the ground, right? And breathe into his, the, into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being. So he becomes a being that has life. All right? The life comes from God. So man is very special. I mean, we are so unique of all creation. Every other creation, they belong to the earth. Even angels, they belong to heaven, right? God himself belongs to heaven. He put himself there. That's how he ordered it. Now, man is the only creation that has a combination of both earth and heaven. We have a body, right? And we have a spirit that comes from heaven. So we can live in both places at the same time. Praise the name of Jesus. That's why we can be here and be seated with Christ in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That's very, very serious. That's very, very deep what I'm sharing with you. 
And this understanding will really, really help your faith, your work with God, and understanding of who you are as a person. Hallelujah. So your body is very important. It's what makes you legal here. That's why when someone dies, it's illegal for them to be here. Right? The spirit does not die. The real person with the spirit does not die. Just transition. The problem is, it is no longer legal for the person to remain on earth. They have nobody. The body is what makes it legal to be here. I want you to turn to your newborn. Your body is very important. All right? Take care of it. But don't worship your body because your body is not that important. (laughs) Because it's going to go someday, right? So your body is death. Don't measure your worth by your death. Right? That's why it's wrong to measure who you are by your looks. That look is going to go someday. Amen. So it's important. And in verse 8, the Lord God planted a garden eastward in the Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So the next thing God created was created an environment, right? Force, Garden of Eden. And God obviously gave instructions. You can eat all the fruits, all right? You know, uh, but this one, the fruit of knowledge of good and evil, don't touch. The day you touch it, the day you eat it, you will die. Now, so what the enemy did at the fall was so serious. It's more than just sinning. It was to really destroy all God's order of things. So the enemy is the devil, who was his spirit, right? Cannot legally come here, but borrowed a body. And he borrowed a body of the serpent. I want you to understand that. So he borrowed a body of a serpent. And came to Eve, deceived Eve, right, to eat, to disobey God, and knock out everything, all the arrangements that God had, right? So the first thing that happened was he took the authority from man. He took the authority. So man lost the authority. We lost the dominion. We lost that. We lost it. So the devil became the king of the kingdom. In fact, if you go to 1 John chapter 5, I will read a few scriptures that support that. 1 John chapter 5 verse 19 says, We know that we are children of God and that the whole world is under the control of the evil one. So the devil took control, seized control. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 says, The God of this age, right, has blinded the minds of unbelievers. So he calls the devil the God of this age. 
Hallelujah. Uh, the next scripture there, if you can project it, I want all of us to read it. It's, it's important. Can you go to the next line? Luke chapter 4. This is when the devil came to Jesus, was tempting Jesus in Luke chapter 4. The devil came talking, taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world. I want you to understand that. Showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all these authority I will give to you and their glory, for this has been delivered to me. How was it delivered to him? Man delivered it to him. We delivered the authority to control the world system to the devil, right? Because we yielded to him. So he said, all this has been delivered to me. And I give it to whoever I wish. Therefore, if you will worship before me, all will be yours. Now, if you notice, Jesus did not contest that. Right? Jesus didn't say, you're a liar. That's not true. Jesus said, get behind me, Satan. For it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only you shall serve. It was a long process. It was a long conversation. This, this is just a summary because he took him, right, to the high mountain. That must, that's, that's probably hours of journey, right, to climb to the high mountain, you know, to be having all this conversation. Uh, you know, that's, that's not something that happened like this. But it's important for us to know that that is what happened at the first part of what happened at the fall. The devil hijacked God's plan, seized control, and now controls the earth, the world system, which was supposed to be man. Now, it appears to be men are in control now. They are not. The enemy, the devil controls the world system. And that's, we must understand that. This is the spiritual reality. The devil controls the fashion system, the music system, all those, the devil controls them. Devil controls a lot of things. What we watch on TV, those things are teleguided from the kingdom of darkness. There's a lot, you know, the devil controls that. It's important for us to know that. Now, another thing that changed is the environment of man. All right? If the environment changed, when man sinned, he was kicked out of the Garden of Eden. All right? So he was kicked out. So God kicked man out. So we lost our relationship with God because we can no longer fellowship with him. We lost the dominion, the authority that God gave to us. We also lost our composition. We don't have a lot of time, but uh, we lost our spiritual composition. I dealt with this very well in my book, uh, Extreme Makeover. You see, man, we have, I explained to you that we have two aspects of us. The body, right? The spirit. The spirit connects with God. The body connects with the earth. The connector is our soul. It's our being. It's our mind. Our emotion. Our feeling. That's what... That's what, that's what connect the two. The body and the spirit are linked by our soul. 
And that's the person that, you know, that, that links between the two now. So God was supposed to be in charge through man. Did you get that? Ultimately, God created. He was supposed to be in charge of the affairs of the earth, but not directly, right? Through the instrument that he created, which is man, which is us. And that is supposed to happen because man has his spirit that can communicate to God, right? And man also has the authority to operate on earth because he has a body, all right? Now, when we ate the knowledge of, I mean, the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil, the spirit died. So the spirit can no longer connect with God, relate with God. So that was lost. The soul becomes the driver on his own. So we became flesh controlled, mind controlled human being instead of spirit controlled human being. Did you get that now? So, the, so a lot of damage was done. So when, we, when, when the Bible is talking about the gospel of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom is to really realign things back. So God said, you know what? I'm going to come back and take things back. But also, I'm going to do the same thing. I'm going to have me a body. That's why Jesus has to come as a man. You see, if Jesus didn't come as a man, he wouldn't have the authority to be here. All right? <clears throat> so Jesus, God has to borrow a woman. Right? Borrow the womb of Mary. Put a son there. For nine months, Mary gave birth to Jesus. So Jesus became a legal person. So God became a legal person. So he can pay the price. He can die for us. He can do the work of the redemption. Hallelujah. That must happen. So Jesus said, that is why I was born. I was born to rearrange things, to create a kingdom. Hallelujah. So the kingdom of God is really God's system of government. So God wants to go back to that. He wants a, a kingdom. Now, the kingdom that was originally created was taken over by the devil. And that becomes what is called the world system. All right? Now, God created in the spirit a kingdom of God. All right? And put us there. So when we get saved, we get put into a new system of government. When Jesus said, you are in the world, you are not of the world. Physically, we are in the world. We are part of the system. But our allegiance is not to the world system. Our allegiance is to the kingdom of God's system. And we must understand what that system is. We're not gonna, we, this is going to take us maybe a whole year. All right? But we must know, we must start by understanding that the gospel is about the kingdom. It's more than about an individual person getting saved. Hallelujah. The kingdom of God is to ex coexist, 
or side by side with the kingdom of darkness, but to afflict damage and influence things, all right, in the world system. And that is why salvation is not just about doing church. You are not just saved when you are in church. You know, it's beyond that. And that's why it's important that we prayed for Sister Denise, for example. Because part of our assignment is to influence things outside of here. That's what the gospel of kingdom does. The gospel of kingdom, somebody that understands kingdom knows that even when you go to your job, you are an ambassador. You're representing. God has put a lot in us. We must begin to think kingdom, not just individual. We must dislodge ourselves from the world system of thinking because that is messing things up. It's making us, you know, it's hard to belong to two kingdoms at the same time. It's very hard. It's very messed up. You see, a lot of time we try to apply, you know, you know, the, the, it's like some of us who are immigrants here, many of us. You, you move here from whatever country, and you still try to act in America like you are in Jamaica or Kenya or Nigeria. You're going to run into a lot of problems. In some of these kingdoms, they drive on the other side. All right? You come here, you must adjust. You must adjust how you speak. You must adjust how you dress. You must adjust how you write. You must adjust a lot of things to be able to fit into this kingdom. Otherwise, you are going to get into a lot of trouble. All right? And many people really don't do well in America because they don't adjust well. You know what I'm talking about. They don't adjust well. They just refuse to adjust. So they are limited. And many believers are like that. We were translated from a kingdom, all right, and in, into another kingdom, we must understand, we must learn. What is this kingdom? Who is the king? What is it about? What is the constitution of the kingdom? What is the culture of the kingdom? What is the language of the kingdom? Understand the currency of the kingdom. It's like when I, when I travel and I go to, you know, I pass through UK, I can't, their currency just messes me up. But I'm there for only a few days anyway. I just spent my credit card. I'm like, you know what? That's no big deal. I mean, they'll charge me a few cents trying to understand pens, pounds. I mean, just, it's just like, you know what? You know, forget it. But if I want to live there, I have no choice than to understand that. That's the only way I can make the best out of it. The reason many believers are not making the best of being a believer the, the privilege, the authority, you know, because a kingdom provides privilege to its citizens. The kingdom has a king that gives identity, right, to the citizens. Every kingdom has a culture. Any believer that does not understand, take time to understand that we be limited in their oppression, we be limited in their authority, we the limited in the, in the benefits they are able to enjoy. This year, that is going to change. Yeah. We're going to stop this individualistic gospel of salvation that limits us. That just tells us it's about getting saved and going to heaven. No, it's more than that. It's about being in the kingdom and being a person of influence. 
It's about becoming citizens and enjoying the benefit of our citizenship. And that will be yours in 2017, uh, 2018. In Jesus' name. Amen. I want us to rise up and just pray this prayer. We're going to ask God to open our minds of understanding. I mean, this is, I know this is a little difficult, but it's not difficult for the Holy Spirit. You know, you can have PhD and not understand what we are talking about. What we are talking about does not require PhD. It just requires spiritual understanding. You see, spiritual understanding comes from God. Let's ask God, God, please give me spiritual understanding. Give me spiritual understanding. Let me understand the mystery of this kingdom. The kingdom message that Jesus said he has come to preach, he has, he has brought. I want to understand. That's the only way I can walk in lockstep with him. That's the only way I can walk in agreement with him. Help me, Lord. Keep me understanding. Keep me understanding. Open my eyes of understanding. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. While our heads are bowed, if you are here, you are not yet translated. You cannot really say, oh, I'm no longer in the kingdom of darkness. I'm now in the kingdom of light. It is important for you to change your allegiance. It is important for you to be transferred today. If you want to, I would like you to raise up your right hand. I would like to pray for you. If anyone is here today, you have not yet, yet put your faith in the finished work on the cross, you have not been transferred into the kingdom of light. I'd like to pray for you, and I'd like you to raise up your right hand so I can pray for you. All right, it doesn't look like we have anyone, but we thank God for that. Praise God. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you for speaking to us uh, this mystery about the kingdom. Holy Spirit, help us to understand it more and more. Take us deeper as we go forward. Get us to a place where we can truly operate as full citizens of the kingdom. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed.